Kia ora and welcome to the Have to Travel Show. I am your host Helen Brown from Cruise Planners and today I am super duper excited. Mind you, I'm always excited when I bring guests on because when I bring guests on I get super excited about the fact that you're going to learn about fantastic experiences and fantastic destinations. And today I have my, as my guest John Gunning from Air New Zealand Vacations and you're probably thinking this show, okay, Air New Zealand, you're probably thinking it's New Zealand again. Nope, this time we're going to go to a completely different destination. Today I've got John on here and we're going to be talking about the Cook Islands. And when you hear about the Cook Islands and all the amazing things that's going to ha- that they're going to offer you there, the experiences you can have, you're going to be wanting to go there. And we're going to give you that chance. But first of all, John, welcome to the show and thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come on the show and talk to us about the Cook Islands today. No problem at all, Helen. It's always great to be able to, you know, talk about something that you and I are both passionate about, the South Pacific, and obviously this little hidden gem, I guess, that a lot of people don't know about because it doesn't get as much publicity as a lot of the other islands. But I can tell you what, once you go there, you definitely want to come back, as you and I will attest to it personally. Oh, I don't know if I want to come back from there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you'll want to come back to the Cook Islands, I should say. So Absolutely. <laughs> And just to give our listeners just a heads up, yes, you do detect that John has an accent. You've got my Kiwi accent, and John is actually from across the Tasman in Australia, but that's okay. We won't hold that against him with our friendly rivalry that we have. But he is a good mate, and um, last year I was fortunate enough to go with John and eight other people on a trip to the Cook Islands, and I will tell you, this place blew my mind away. I mean, I've always thought of New Zealand as being absolutely gorgeous and stunning and beautiful, and having a lot of stuff to offer people. But when we stepped foot on the Cook Islands, it was another world. It was just breathtakingly beautiful. Um, and coming from a Kiwi, that's really has, you know, that's a very high standard when you think of what New Zealand has to offer. And then you go to somewhere like the Cook Islands. It's so, so true, uh, so, so true, so true. I know. But what I couldn't get over is um, when we were there, I mean, you always, when you told us we were going to the Cook Islands, I started researching like I normally do, I'm going to a new destination, let's start doing some research on it, and seeing these beautiful pictures um, online on, in books and everything else, and you get there, and the reality of it is just so much more of what is in the photographs. It was unbelievably crystal clear blue water like you can never imagine unless you've experienced it. And, oh, I mean, what did you think of that, John, with all that crystal blue water? Uh, it was absolutely amazing. You can understand why, you know, countries, people from all around the world go and shoot, you know, magazine covers there, calendars there, various shows have been shot throughout the Cook Islands just because of that Hollywood setting without any props, so to speak. It's just natural beauty, you know what I mean? Anywhere throughout the whole of the Cook Islands, be it the North or the South Island. Absolutely true. And uh, you bring up magazine covers. Sports Illustrated Films um, does all their photo shoots there for the swimsuit edition. Correct. So when people Correct, yeah. see those, so if you look beyond the beautiful women and look by what's behind them or what the what the, the theme that they're in, that is the Cook Islands. It's so true. A lot of my friends said, hey, "What was what was the best thing about the Cook Islands?" And it's to me, it's just the natural setting. You know, what I mean, they haven't had to airbrush it or do anything. It's just just a great little place to go and relax and chill out and and take it easy, as we'll discuss today. And one of the things that I found in the Cook Islands now, people have heard me talk about this, and when you go to New Zealand how time slows down compared to when you're in the United States. You know, everything in the United States seems to be fast. Everybody wants everything done now. When you go to New Zealand, it's a very much more relaxed, easygoing pace. But when you go to the Cook Islands, 
time literally stands still. You lose track of time down there. And that's one thing that got me was, I mean, yeah, you just, you really do. You lose track of time. Yeah, I mean, I remember, do you remember that clock we saw when we were down there, Helen, behind one of the hotel reception desks? And it had the numbers around the outside of it. And the numbers went 12, 8, 4, 2, that's 1. Right. And in the middle, there was a big rooster, and it just said, who cares? And I think that sums up. Exactly. <laughs> And it really is. And I remember the day that we went on the Tavaka, and we'll talk about the Tavaka shortly, but the guy on the Tavaka turned around to us, and of course, you know, got a group of 10 travel agents there, and he's oh, when did you guys arrive? And we're all like looking at each other, and we're going, was it yesterday? Was it the day before? We literally had no clue, and we had to stop and think, when did we arrive in the Cook Islands? And it was actually early the morning before that we had arrived, yet we had already slowed down that much and experiencing that that real laid-back culture of the time standing still. And really, like you said, who cares what time it is? And we were so out of it at that point, yet somehow, and this is the thing that amazed me, we had lost track of time, yet somehow we stayed on time for all of our appointments and everything we had to do. And that just floored me. <laughs> it, it did. And I guess the good thing about the Cook Islands, especially, you know, it's the main island of Rarotonga, is uh, even if we did get lost, we were never too far from anyone. When it's only 20 miles around the whole whole island, uh, it's no, no no issue at all, but there's so much to do as well in and around uh, the major islands of Atataki and the Rarotonga. Yeah, and one thing that that I liked when we were down there is that a lot of the resorts, and we did visit a lot of resorts while we were there, <laughs> but a lot of them, their thing was, this is where you sleep and you eat. The island is your resort, and they ha- and a lot of them had that philosophy, which I thought was amazing. And when you ask them what you know, what can we go and see and do, the I thought, you know, there's this little island here in the, in the South Pacific. So, oh, yeah, there's, you know, it's going to be um, a bit of this and a bit of that. But there was this huge long list they could come up with. It was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, once you take away those probably four or five big resorts, the, the rest of the little places you can stay at only probably have five to ten rooms as a maximum. So you get that real personal feel as well uh, with everybody you stay. You, you get to meet the owners. You get to meet the proprietors. It's just very relaxed and uh, easygoing. Absolutely, and um, <laughs> this one this one cracks me up. I'd always heard about the buses on Rarotonga. There's only two. One says clockwise, and one says anti-clockwise. And I mean that just cracked me up to start with. But it wasn't until we actually saw them that it actually hit me that they really do have two buses. And I remember used to, um, running to a bus stop when one of them pulled into a bus stop close to us, running there and asking the driver to wait while you went and stood in front and took a photograph of it. <laughs> Well, that's what the people are all about. And the funny thing is, I just took a group down there recently in the last probably couple of weeks, and they said, how do we stop the bus? Or where's the bus stop? I said, there is no bus stop, and all you do is put your hand out, and as long as he's not going to run over anyone, he'll stop and pick you up. So uh, the bus system's great. You realistically can be anywhere on the island, and you can get to another point. And if you get on the wrong one, it doesn't matter, because very soon you'll be back to where you need to be. Even if you take the long way around. (laughs) <laughs> and when it's 20 miles, it's 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 not that long, fortunately. So no worries. I'm sure many have made that <laughs> that, that idealist mistake before. So that's, that's uh... <laughs> I mean, it's just it was just amazing. And one of the things that um that we didn't get to do this trip, which I um, would have liked to have done, was the eco cycling tour. And mm-hmm. I know that we had a tight timetable and everything else, so we couldn't fit it in there. But they have this um, cycling tour where it's um, three to five hours. And it's mainly flat, but they do have the more advanced one for those that want to really cycle. And they take you on this tour around the Cook Islands. And fortunately, when we were there, I was 
kind of thankful we didn't get to do it because it rained while we were there. Yeah, a little bit inclement those days. Yeah, except for the day that we went over to Atataki, and we'll talk about Atataki soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great memory, great memory for sure. Oh, absolutely. So, so what are some of the highlights on Rarotong when people can go there? What are some? Oh, now I do have to ask you, one thing you mm. need to bring up is about getting their driver's license in the Cook Islands. How difficult of a process is that, John? Uh, to get your license, it's very, very simple. Uh, you can literally just go into the post, uh, sorry, post office, into the police station, and they can issue that in under 15 minutes. Now, I'll give you a little bit of a heads up, though. If you are going to go down there, you can also get your bike license. Uh, they'll let anyone get their bike license, but they've changed the rules slightly just in the last six months uh, to get your, your moped license. You have to go to the police station now uh, and do the test before hiring the bike. Uh, in the past, you were able to get it and ride it there. They now make you go and get the license within 24 hours. So it's a slightly changed, still very simple, but just to give people a bit of a heads up if they've got an old guidebook or uh, they've read something online that's outside of the last six months. So just, just be aware of that. You will need to go get your license in the first 24 hours uh, of getting your motorbike rental. But there are a number of different great options uh, on Rarotonga. I was, as I mentioned, Helen, I was down there recently. Number mm -hmm. of different options, uh, such as, you know, if you're a person that really wants to experience uh, Rarotonga and learn about the history, suggest doing uh, a walk with a gentleman by the name of Pa. He does a number of different discovery walks there. And they can be set up just depending on your ability and how, how far you want to go into the island. He can do a very simple walk where he just really talks about the nature and about the island. But you could also then do the more extensive walk, which actually cuts through right through the heart of Rarotonga. And it goes from the capital of Avararu all the way across uh, to the other side of the island. And you actually go past one of the most iconic symbols uh, of the Cook Islands, uh, being what we commonly refer to as the needle, or in the Cook Islands they refer to it as Tirumunga. Uh, that's around about 413 metres, which is metric, so we're looking at around about you know 1,300 feet. So in the States that's not huge, but for the Cook Islands, uh, that's rather... That's uh, massive. Uh, yeah, it's massive, it's, and it stands out. You can definitely see it as you're walking around the island. So the trek takes about three to four hours. So it's a great way to engage with with a living legend. Uh, pa sometimes does a walk, but I've noticed over the last couple of years he's toned it down a little bit. Now he gets his nephews and that to do it uh, for, for the longer walk as well. So that's a nice introduction. Uh, on the walk, you go past uh, Wigmore's Waterfall. Uh, that's also oh, very beautiful. accessible as well if you just want to hire a car or even if you just hire your own push bike or grab, grab your own moped, uh, you can head up there. It's only about literally about five miles uh, off off the main road, so it's very easy to access. Something that's relatively new to the Cook Islands, uh, they do have quad biking, and then they also have some dune buggies down there as well. Uh, the oh, quad really? Biking, yeah, yeah, they're, they're really, relatively new, both of these. Uh, with the quad bikes, you're looking at that you're going to go between about 15 and 20 different stream systems. You pilot the, the, the bike it's yourself. Uh, it goes for about two and a half hours, uh, for each, each ride, so to speak, and they do it each day, Monday through to Saturday. Uh, Cook Islands, Sunday's a rest day. Not much happens on Sunday. You go to church, you relax, spend time with your family. Uh, but you can do these quad bikes two times a day from 10.30 and 1.30. And as I said, you go up to, up to about 20 streams. The other alternative is you can actually get a dune buggy. And they don't go into the, the streams as much, but they actually go around the roads. Uh, of the oh, Cook okay. Islands, and it does go a little bit off uh, off beat, but it's really good for families 
Because what happens is anyone over the age of four, they can go on these dune, baggy, the dune buggies with their parents. So the kids love it. You know, the smiles on their faces, they're cruising around, uh, sitting up there with mum and dad and just you know, uh, re really enjoying being out in the open air, so to speak, and not in your traditional car uh, either. So they're being two really uh, popular uh, add-ons to the Cook Islands and, and activities that you know we, you and I may not have seen when we were down there uh, mm -hmm. in, in, the, in the past uh, 12 months or so. The other two that sort of jump out to me if I'm on Rarotonga uh, in regards to sort of activities, so to speak, you, you could do a lot of fishing. You could go out with a company called Marlin Queen. Uh, they're, they're one of the best ones off Rarotonga, and you can go out and you can go fishing for marlin, or you can go out and looking for tuna, just, you know, any sort of, you know, those big fish that you may be looking for and have that really, truly uh, experienced, fishermen with you to show you how how to catch some of these big fish uh, out in the open waters because once you get outside of the bay you're literally out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean uh, so they got those guys can take you out there male and queen and probably a little bit of a favorite and it's good for the whole family is looking at the Coca Lagoon cruises uh, which runs out of the area known as uh, Murray Beach uh, which is one of the most popular areas uh, it's where I just stayed just recently it's got one of the most beautiful lagoons and on that they do a day tour goes for about three and a half to four hours. You jump on board a beautiful glass bottom boat in the morning so you can see all the tropical fish. The guide gives you a little bit of an overview, do a little bit of snorkeling, barbecue fish for lunch. There's also some uh, coconut, coconut tree climbing where they show you how to get the coconuts down and they also uh, you know, have a little bit of a interaction with the guests and play a few games throughout the day. So that's, that's a great... Uh, alternative for those who aren't fortunate enough to get across to Atataki, I, I believe, see the most beautiful lagoon in the world. But this Muri Lagoon, I tell you what, is pretty close to it. Well, because I remember the Atataki, and um, that was just unbelievable. Um, mm -hmm. And what, it's a very short flight from Rarotonga. It's only like 40 minutes, 40 to 45 minutes in a prop plane, and you've got. Um, two seats on each side of the plane and that's it and you fly over there, you get off at their little airport there. We got picked up and we got taken to the Arataki Lagoon Resort where we got on a boat to go across the little inlet there to get to the resort and mm -hmm. I remember having their breakfast there was just amazing, their new organic menu that they had there where nothing was um, out of cans, everything was freshly prepared that day unless it was um, something that needed to be prepared the day before in order for you to eat it the next day. Um, but I remember the beautiful menu. And then getting on the Tavaka. And the Tavaka, for those that don't know, is a Polynesian catamaran. Um, and this thing was amazing. It had this big covered area with tables underneath where we got to sit. And we were all set up at our own table and everything, but it had places front and back where you go sunbathing. And the crew just interacted with you so well and entertained you. And I think my funniest thing was watching the captain as he's there and he's steering the Tavaka, and he'd just be sitting there beating away on the um, on his um, oh, what were those, those hand drums that he had there? Yeah, those little um, drums. Yeah, yeah, those little hand drums. He's just beating away on that, and every now and again, he'd bongos, hand bongos. up and correct us. Yep. Thank you. Um, on the bongos, and he's banging away on those, and he'd reach up every now and again, straighten up the steering wheel, and go back to without losing a beat. <laughs> It, yeah, no, it's yeah, like you said, it's only 45 minutes and then you're in paradise. And it, they're so relaxed the way they do the trip, but they're so professional. And I think that's what the Cook Islands is all about. You, f you feel relaxed and you feel like, oh, not that they don't care, but it just runs yep. so smoothly and everybody has that, oh, she'll be right sort of attitude. And it is. Everything just falls into mm -hmm. place and it's well organised. It's just a 
yeah, absolutely amazing little place to spend a bit of quality time. So, do you remember how to fold all those sarongs? Remember how they showed us last year, Helen? Do you remember? Oh, that them? was hilarious. Um, I actually videotaped the whole thing. In fact, I've got to put the video up onto my YouTube channel. But the sarong, they actually had the guy there. I can't think of his name. I, I can't, the long I can't curly even. Hair. Yeah, he had the long curly hair. The guy I just had recently was a guy called Ollie, and he said the same guy that you and I had with the long curly hair, they rotate between each other. So, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so I've been fortunate to have both of the guys now, and they're, they're as good as each other, I'll be honest. You can't go wrong. They're, they're both very, <laughs> very talented gentlemen. But the the stories on behind some of the sarong ties and um, and the different names that they have for them were just absolutely hilarious. And he had some... He had some young girl come up there um, who I think she said they were there on their honeymoon, the couple. And so the, wife, the newlywed wife goes up there and he does these beautiful sarong ties. And you could tell he was trying to be very careful around certain parts of her body, which made it hilarious about how he handled that. Um, and then he gets um, a guy to come up there and shows you some sarong ties for the men. And that was, uh, <laughs> I'm surprised I managed to hold the camera steady. <laughs> That's true. And and the thing is, these guys are all bigger guys, you know what I mean? They're very muscular, large guys, yep. you know, they're just Polynesian style of, of men, you know what I mean? Just, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so they, they, not they're, they're intimidating, but they they have that muscular frame, which, you know, for smaller yes. particular. And to have them doing something so delicate as doing like knots and ties on the sarongs and how they do the folds and all that was actually quite, you know, this, these big m- folds on the sarongs was hilarious. <laughs> no, it was it was great. It was great. It was, yeah. But the stories they will tell you too, um, like one of the islands that we went to is called One Foot Island, and we took our passports there. They stamped a, um, they and we got our passports stamped, and it actually is a picture of a foot with One Foot Island on there. Um, it's one of my most treasured stamps in my passport, is that One Foot Island one. And then they're telling us the story about how One Foot Island got their name. They're telling us stories about different places around the lagoon. Um, stories of when Survivor Cook Islands was there because um, some of the islands in the lagoon they used as the um, they used one for the tribal meetings. Then each tribe was on a different island, um, and then they had the different islands that they used for the challenges and things. So that was kind of cool to be able to basically walk through where those people had been and had been habitat, you know, where their their home was for the time that they were on the island. Um, that was kind of cool too. And, yeah, uh, and they were talking some of about that just, just recently, and they they were saying that when they got kicked off, they were allowed to stay anywhere on this other island there, and they get massages each day and whatever food they wanted to flown flown in. So realistically, some of them could have been spending anywhere from five to ten weeks being waited on uh, hand and foot. So <laughs> great wow. experience. Wow, just because they weren't allowed to go back home at the time, because that would give mm-hmm. the game away. <laughs> yep, that's yeah, that was that was the story. So. You mean, and, and then do you remember, some of the beautiful beaches that they used for the um, the Sports Illustrated swimsuit editions. Those mm-hmm. beaches are gorgeous beaches. I mean, oh, beautiful white sands with crystal blue, crystal blue clear waters was just amazing. It just mm-hmm. you really were standing in a postcard. Yeah, it's like flour in your feet, really, isn't it? I mean, you put your feet down, it just yeah. literally goes all the way through your toes, and all of a sudden you can just feel your feet sinking, and then you got a bit of water splashing up onto you. It's just, it's mm-hmm. just the idyllic setting. And the water was, um, was even when we went, um, because there were places where we they actually stopped, and we were allowed to go into the water and do swimming and that sort of stuff, because we were there for a while. And they said, yeah, you can go swimming if you want to. They actually had snorkeling stuff on board the ship, so, um, board the Tavaka, 
so that we could go snorkeling. And I am, I have never been snorkeling in my life. So I had one of the crew members was standing on the on the deck of the Tavaka there, giving me instructions in the water. Now I am somebody who has overcome a huge fear of water, and to have a tube coming out of my mouth that I had to use for breathing, and to sink down into the water to use the tube for breathing, that just constricted my chest. I just I tried it, I couldn't do it, but I was happy to just to stay in the water where I could just walk around and that sort of thing. And because the water was just it wasn't cold, but it wasn't hot. It was just this beautiful, perfect temperature for mm-hmm. swimming in. It was amazing. But I know that you went snorkeling. And what, tell us some of the things that you got to see when you were snorkeling. Uh, the snorkeling was great. Just the visibility for those who have been, you know, maybe to other places, be it Hawaii or the Caribbean and that. Sometimes you jump in the water and you don't know how, you know, your depth for your visibility. But in the Cook Islands, especially out on the Varka and the, around Asataki Lagoon, you realistically got about 40 to 45 feet of visibility. So it is tr- truly amazing what you can see down there. Uh, I mean, you can see it by, as you were saying, Helen, yourself just standing and looking down. You can see the fish and that swimming mm-hmm. around below your feet. Uh, but we were lucky enough to, we saw some turtles, we saw some uh, sea clams, we also saw sea cucumbers, and I mean, I kid you not, hundreds and hundreds of tropical fish that just, you know, go in and around the surface. And the great thing about the lagoon is that you can literally free dive down to the bottom of it because it wouldn't be any more than 60 feet. And that's that's at its absolute deepest, deepest point I'm talking. So uh, it was just great to be able to, you know, put the, the flippers on, as we call them, uh, and then put the mast on it, and away you go. So we we went in pairs and we were able to get out there and you know experience a lot and not when we were snorkeling but we did see the turtles and that when we were actually up on the varka and just cruising around mm-hmm. the lagoon uh, which you know it's something you always hope to see and people say oh you may see it but we yeah, we were fortunate enough to see the turtles swimming out on sort of the bow of the uh, of the varka excellent yeah that was um that that really was an amazing day um and i don't even know how long we were out there on the varka for I know we left at about 6.37 in the morning. We got back about 6 that afternoon, and that included the flight. So it's, I guess it's about six or so hours out on the, probably the most majestic lagoon anywhere in the world. <laughs> but who cares? I mean, we were just out there having this great day. You could, We could not have – I mean, when we arrived in Rarotonga the day before, it was raining, and I am somebody who loves the rain, so it didn't bother me at all. But it wasn't cold rain. It was your tropical rain. So it had yep. that warmth in the air. Um, and there was a bit of humidity there, but by the time the afternoon came, it had cleared up. When we went um, to have dinner that evening, it was the skies were clear. We got the most amazing sunsets while we were on mm-hmm. the Cook Islands. They were mm-hmm. beautiful sunsets. And then the next day we woke up, and yes, it was a little dark when we first got up, um, but we had a flight to catch. And by the time we got over to Arataki and we got out there on the lagoon, it was just blue skies, crystal clear blue water, beautiful temperatures. You could not have asked for a more perfect weather or a more perfect day to be out on that lagoon. It was just phenomenal. And there's a lot of nice uh, options to stay over there as well, over at Asataki. I mean, we were lucky to stay at Samana Beach, and we were lucky enough to check out two other resorts, have dinner and also uh, breakfast, as you mentioned earlier, at Asataki Lagoon Resort and Spa. So... Something that opens up for everyone, be it a honeymooner or a group or a family. If you do want to get a little bit more off the beaten track than Rarotonga, Asataki's a great little place, you know. Be it for two or three days or longer if you really want to just, you know, disassociate yourself from modern technology, so to speak. 
and it's just very, yeah, very relaxing. Myself, I wasn't working too well on on the island, so I wasn't too worried about that one. <laughs> I thought I've only got a, you know I've only got three nights here, and then I'm in New Zealand, and then I'll be fine. It's not a problem. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's that's so true, so true. But what I liked about some of the resorts that we saw, I was surprised. What surprised me the most about um, whether we were on Rarotong or Arataki were the number of resorts that we that we visited was one the size of them and two how most of them were adults only and we're mm-hmm. talking 18 years and up although one we saw was 16 years and up and they mm-hmm. only have um, the first one that we went to the um, Sea Change Village had three villas at the back um, of their of their little resort area and that was the only place that the teenagers were allowed were in those villas there. All the other villas were for adults only and for cu- and were designed for couples. Um, mm. And that really amazed me because it's a great honeymoon spot, getaway for an anniversary, for celebrations, just where you want a nice romantic setting. And mm. um, But what amazed me is that it's this beautiful tropical island, but how much like Hawaii and Tahiti the Cook Islands were, but without the tourists. And that's something yep. I loved about it was that you got away from all that touristy stuff that goes on, all the touristy traps and everything else, it's not there on the Cook Islands. And you can have a phenomenal vacation where you completely unplug, get away from the technology and stuff, and just have the ultimate vacation with complete relaxation and not having a care in the world while you're there. Yeah, and that's the the things with the, the cooks, you know, you just... You just get to become how we were. And a lot of people have said to me, it's like Hawaii was 30 years ago. I first time I went to Hawaii was about 15 years ago. But people say, if you even go back a little bit before that, that's how the Cook Islands has that feel to it now. Uh, and it's lucky it's actually on the same time zone uh, as Hawaii, so you don't cross yep. over the international date line. Uh, and there's direct flights as well out of Los Angeles, so to the Cook Islands in under there 10 hours. Are. They leave at 11.59 p.m. on Sunday. <laughs> you remembered you done well. You've done very well. I'm very I remember that. 11.59 p.m. Somebody said, who has a flight that leaves 11.59? Why don't they just make it midnight? <laughs> yeah, no. And that was, I mean, we we, will, we stayed close to the airport, didn't we? We stayed at the Edgewater, uh, but it doesn't really we matter did, whether yes. you stay in Rarotonga. You're only 30 And that was the biggest the resort in the whole of the Cook Islands. Mm-hmm. Correct, correct. Right. At 200, was it 252 rooms, if I remember correctly? Um, it was the largest resort. Everything else was um, mainly around the 10 to 20 villa, um, villas most of them had, although there were some resorts that had just a few more than that, but they, yeah. they weren't as big as the Edgewater one. And that no. was another surprise, too, is everything keeps, everybody keeps everything small and intimate. Yeah. And, um, but, well, yeah. I loved it how I mean, they... How they encouraged us to get out of the resort. Do you know what I mean? Oh, go to the other yep. resort and have dinner, or go go next door and try, you know, their cultural show, or you know, I mean, it's, that's what the yep. Island is all about. Yeah, and it's just, and it doesn't matter if if you're going to their competition down the road because, you know, it's one island. You know, yeah. we are the place where you sleep. You can have breakfast here. The rest of the island is your resort. Go explore. Yep. Go have adventures. And they really are like that, and they encourage you. There's Although when I was at the Pacific, I will say when we were at the Pacific Rim, that one there had the more of the resort feel that um, a lot of Americans would be used to, Correct. where you have um, the type of ho- the type of rooms that they want, but you're on the resort where they have the activities there at the resort. They had the little kids club there as well. Yeah. Um, you know, great place for families. They were on the lagoon. They had the water sports, they had the paddle boards and the kayaks. Um, 
so that to me felt more of the typical American expectations for a resort. The other ones completely removed you from that and was a very different experience. Um, some places you get your own villa. Um, some places, you know, in fact, most of the places that we had, they had individual villas where you're in an individual building. And some of them had kitchenettes in them, some of them didn't. And some of them had these beautiful deep porches on the or verandas on the front there, completely covered with a fan outside there. Um, but that was just, I mean, it was great. And some of them had the little authentic thatch roofs on them. And mm-hmm. um, but most, of, but all of them were basically had beach access or were on the, either on the beach or had beach access. Yeah, so very few of them didn't. Yeah, no, even the ones that didn't were on just on the other side of the road, and you're literally yeah, only just walk across the road and go down that path, and you're at the beach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like you can't. You Here's can't a paddleboard. <laughs> well, and and it has that great little outlet with where you can have a you know maybe a a drink in the afternoon, be it a, a beer or a glass of wine or or a soft drink at a number of different places. And one that really stands out for mm-hmm. you and I, I guess, and I remember is that, that shipwreck bar in the round of row with oh. those two beautiful, lovely ladies. <laughs> oh, those two ladies were something else. I tell you, these, I don't know what roles they have at this resort, but they were um, the most friendliest, happiest people, very welcoming, very accommodating, um, just wanted you to stay and you just wanted to stay with them because they were contagious as far as their their um, personalities go. You just wanted to hang out with these women. They were just like, um, you remember that, you remember that picture with the motorcycle, with the motor scooter going yep. down the street and there's the two ladies with the wreaths around their head and just the biggest laughs on their faces. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The, the iconic picture? shot of Cook Island. Yep. The one they use a lot. Yeah, on that's who those two ladies, remi- those two ladies remind me of. You just mm-hmm. want to be there with them. Yeah. Having that fun, absorbing that energy that they have, and just being part of the party. Yeah. I mean, these two girls will have a party by themselves, and they'd be happy. But you know, but they attract people to them, and they made the most potent-sounding cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> it looked fruity, but it had a little bit of a kick to it. I can tell you. Yeah, and I told, and they wanted to make me one. I said, "I'm sorry, I don't drink." And they said, "Oh, we can make it without the alcohol. That's not a problem." <laughs> It's like they don't want you to miss out, even though um, you don't drink. They don't want you to miss out on the fun of, exper- of the experience of the islands. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, but that shipwreck bar was something else. <laughs> yeah. And the food is great. That's what I always tell people, and you know, people who haven't experienced it, the food, especially the seafood, because it's obviously you're oh, on an island. Fresh. It's just, it's, yeah, exactly. Fresh, fresh seafood. Yeah. And, and everyone down there knows how to cook. You know, someone in the family is a yeah. great cook. So you have all of the cuisines from around the world, you know what I mean? Be your typical American, European, a great Asian fusion, and then obviously fresh seafood to die for uh, because everywhere uh, has an outlet or an opportunity uh, to, to try something that is a little bit different. Uh, and there's always mm-hmm. those open markets. We went to a lot of markets just recently when we were down there, the night markets where you could try a different, like a curry one night or a fresh fish and chips. It's just really just great to get out and experience it with the locals. I still remember that lunch that we had on board the Tavaka. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that was yeah. that was amazing. You go up there, there's all these wooden bowls on their buffet. They're spread out, and they had these like tiny miniature like looking grapes. And I mean, we're talking tiny little grapes that were not very big at all. They kind of looked like the size of lead shot, I guess. Um, but there were these tiny little bunches of what looked like grapes, 
and I asked them, what are these? And they go, oh, they're sea grapes. And I was like, oh, well, I'm trying some of them. Yeah, and yeah. you bite into them, and it's almost like biting into little tiny balls of salt water. But they were really delicious. And I was like, I'm going to go back. I actually went back and got some more of those. Cause they were just, and, but there was a lot of food there that I'd never had before. But I was like, as long as it's not onions and it's, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> That's right. And the, the, we were lucky. We were down there on a Saturday just recently, and the Saturday is the day where all the markets are held. Like, and everybody from everywhere on the island comes to the Saturday markets. And I would mm-hmm. argue it is the best place in the world to get a pearl because there's only two places oh, in the Cook really? Islands where they harvest them. But you can go and pick up a, a very, very nice pearl that would be, and this is realistically, about 30 to 40% cheaper than you'd find anywhere in the United States at this market. Uh, wow. It's, my, my wife picked one up, so I can, I can tell you we did a lot of wheeling. Not wheeling and dealing, but we spoke <laughs> to a lot of people uh, to make sure we got the, the deal. And the good thing about the Cook Islands is, since it is so small, you don't feel like anyone's going to try to take advantage of you because everybody knows each other. Uh, oh, it yeah. just won't work in the Cook Islands. It's very much a family-orientated place. That's one thing that I noticed, and... Um, it's just that it's that family, and I guess that's why I love it so much. Because coming from New Zealand, and you'd appreciate this coming from Australia, family's everything. Yep. And yep. Um, you know, we're all big on family, and we're all big on having that connection time, and that is very much what the the attitude of the Cook Islands is. They want you to have a good time, and when they welcome you, they really do welcome you as part of their family, not as a um, not as just another tourist. They actually embrace they actually embrace you and your culture, and they welcome you to theirs, and and they have um, they have great pleasure in introducing you to their culture, and they are more than willing to help you if you have a question, um, and some of the people I mean we went when we went down shopping the last day before we got onto the planes or whatever day it was that we went down to the, the central shopping area when you went and stopped the bus and got your driver's license <laughs> in the yep, Cook yep. Islands. Whatever day that was. <laughs> um, I remember we had yep. heard that there was this really this um, great jewelry shop there and so one of the other girls and I went in there and we're just, you know, we're just moseying around and they knew we were not there to buy anything. They knew mm-hmm. we weren't going to buy anything and that we were just browsing. But we got talking with them and they took time out of their day knowing that we weren't going to buy anything just to have a conversation. And that, to me, is like, I love when you can walk into a store and people, with, they know you're not there to buy it, but they take the time to talk with you anyway. And you learn a lot about people and their culture from those types of people in those types of stores where they will take the time out of your day to just have a conversation with you. Yeah, and they and, ask um, your name and they remember it. And I can, I can attest to this because oh. when I went down there, the guy who picked us up from the airport actually picked me up this year. And he knew oh, my name. cool. Now, I don't know if he got it off the list, but he looked at me in the eye and he goes, John, how are you? It's been about a year, hasn't it? I was like, he's either got a great memory, but they do, they do, they, they generally want to know who you are and they generally just, you know, they're just really good people. That's the best way to look at it. They're just really relaxed, good people who enjoy the good things in life. And nothing is too much trouble. No, 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 no. They're definitely <laughs> on Cook Island's time. It's like, yeah, no problems. We'll get that done for you. What do you need? So it's. Yeah, it's and I even and remember it's... sitting down um, that last night that we were on the Cook Islands where we had the dinner that was put on by the Edgewater, um, Edgewater Resort where we were staying. They took mm-hmm. us on this great tour of the, of the property, and I didn't realize how large their property was. Because yep. um, we'd only seen a very small portion of it because we were close to the reception area. But we had the general manager sitting down with us. We had the, um, oh, 
um, the, the other guy, um, was there as well. the marketing director, and we had somebody else high up. They came and sat down with us and just had great conversations with us. And then it yeah. turned out that I'm sitting there with the general manager. He finds out I'm from New Zealand. We're talking backwards and forwards, and we knew the same people. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. That's, and and then listen. everybody has a relationship where they can have a yeah, bit of a laugh, as you guys definitely did, as I can remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we, but if I'm, um, I'm trying to remember. There was somebody that I met on the, when we were on the Cook Islands, and it was probably the general manager, who went to the same school as my grandfather did, although in a completely different area, um, mm-hmm. era, but he knew some of the same people. He knew where my, my grandfather's street was that my grandfather used to live on in Dunedin. And um, and then we kept talking, and um, he had relatives in New Plymouth. Well, my parents had spent eight years living in New Plymouth. Well, no, I had spent eight years living in New Plymouth. They were there a little longer, um, or close to it. And, you know, we're talking and going backwards and forwards and all of that. And then um, I got on the when we got to New Zealand, I'm busy texting backwards and forwards with my parents, going, hey, do you remember so-and-so from New Plymouth? And they're like, yeah, we know them, blah, 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 blah. And I'm so like, oh, my God, I met this general manager at the Edgewater Resort in Rarotonga, and he know he's he's their uncle or their cousin or something like that. He was somehow related to them. Yeah. Um, so it was just a – it was – and by that stage, you know, we're already friends. We're, I mean, everybody becomes friends immediately. <laughs> yeah, you, you, like, you, hey, can't, you, you can't not can you really down there it's like okay. i know you can't because these people are so infectious yeah and a good way. way to sum it up exactly exactly mm-hmm. oh. you just want to party with them so um now now i'm going to go a little bit we're going to go away from the experiences just a little bit and we're going to talk about how the best way is to get to rarotonga and what you can do with, Rara, um, with putting the cook islands onto your itinerary and I just had a client who left at the beginning of the month, who went to, who left Los Angeles, flew down to Rarotonga for a few nights there before going on to New Zealand. And then I have another client who's in New Zealand who is about to leave New Zealand, go to the Cook Islands for a few for about a week, and then she's going to fly home to the U.S. So those are two different ways that you can look at attaching the Cook Islands onto your journey down to either New Zealand or Australia, or just going down to the Cook Islands for a couple of weeks by the Cook Islands itself. Hmm. So yeah, tell us some of the other things that a, we can. As a combo, as you mentioned, beautiful option. Yeah. And my understanding is, and I know John's going to correct me if I get this incorrect, is that <laughs> if you are going from um, the US to New Zealand and you stop off at the Cook Islands on the way, the airfare is the same either way. Correct. We just have to double check, but that's normally the rule of thumb, Helen. Without you, I mean we won't get too deep into it, but that's that basically yeah. runs true all the way through, just with a couple of little blackouts. But yeah, no problems at all. No problems at all. And yeah. we we actually with with us at Air New Zealand Vacations, we we encourage people to check out as much of the South Pacific as possible. Obviously, stop over in the Cook Islands if they are just going on to Australia and New Zealand. Just gives them a taste of it. Or if you can spend a little bit longer there, you'll definitely you'll be wanting for more, regardless of how much time you spend there. Oh, I can't wait to go back. No, no. <laughs> well, I was just I'm thinking, someone pissed. said to me, how hot is it there? And I said, well, it's about uh, between 75 and 80 realistically all year round. Yep. Realistically. Yep. yep. And when we were there, we were there at the beginning of June last year. And for me, I found it a little too humid for me at that okay. time of the year. But then it's sort of like, you know, there's times where it's a little drier than others. And we had the rain that was in the air. But I'm, you know... I'm not one that likes humidity a lot, so I tend to notice that sort of thing. But 
For other people, it was very comfortable and they were fine. So it depends if you're sensitive to the humidity or not. But when we were there at the time of year that we were there, it was a little humid. Um, mm-hmm. It was bordering on the little too much for me, but otherwise it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, we just have to get but you back into that Otaki Lagoon. Oh, that Otaki Lagoon, that, oh gosh. That one's just going to live with me forever. That was like the best experience ever. Oh, and I have to mention too, one of the things that we got to see when we were at the Arataki um, Lagoon Resort was we got to see their honeymoon suite. Mm. And their honeymoon suite was out of this world. It had like an eight-foot-high fence all the way around it. You had your own private garden, your private swimming pool, private jacuzzi. You had a day bed in there. You had the bedroom area. You had the living room area. You had an indoor dining area, an outdoor dining area, an indoor kitchen, Outdoor showers. Oh, and that was one thing I loved about Rarata- about the Cook Islands. A lot of the places had outdoor showers, and um, it was just beautiful. But this honeymoon resort on the Arataki Lagoon Resort was just this private oasis in the middle of a resort that you could just basically lock yourself away in and enjoy um, your honeymoon, your anniversary, whatever celebration you're doing, and just have a private time with you and your spouse or your partner or whoever. And that one's just that just blew my mind. That one because that was just such a private oasis in the middle of a phenomenal resort, anyway. So that one I remember too. Yeah, with a lot of the resorts, the great thing about them is they don't have added extras, as in like a cost occurred to them. So they have the yep. the kayaks or their snorkeling gear. It's all included. You just go and get it out of a big bin, or you go and get it out of the the store. I mean, when we we're at the Pacific Resort, they let us pick up paddle boards there. They let us get snorkeling equipment. There was no cost incurred. Good. It's it's all all in, all inclusive in regards to the activities, but they do encourage you to get out as well. So that's nice. You're not always dipping into your pocket when you're down there. And if you do have kids or you're travelling with you know, younger adults, you don't feel like you have to give them money to let them have a good day. They can literally just go and pick up a paddleboard or a, or a canoe or a kayak and go out and paddle around the lagoon. So I think that's a great little feature of uh, Rarotonga as a whole and any of the resorts as well. Absolutely. And one of the... Um the resorts, and I'm trying to think which one it is. It was because I know it had tobacco in it. Um, Tiamanawa. Oh, the uh, the Tavakaroa Villas. Okay. Okay. This this has to be one of my favourite places, simply because of the size of it. They had six villas in this, or six units on their on their villas, um, and that was it. And they're in one building. You've got three one bedrooms down below. Three two story, uh, three two bedrooms upstairs above those. They all come out onto the same common area where there's a swimming pool there. There were um, the chaise lounges out there. There were some beanbags out there, and they had an infinity pool that looked out over on on this beautiful beach area. Um, but the thing I liked about it is that the whole resort, um, it's adults only 18 years and up, and the whole resort holds only 18 people. So for a family reunion or a family getaway, what a great place! to go relax and be together as a family and each um, each villa has its own cooking facilities. So you can either prepare meals there or you can have a chef come in and prepare the meals for you. Um, they have an outdoor patio area that's all undercover um, with an open, with uh, three sides with an open wall. So you've got that indoor-outdoor experience. But the thing I liked about it was the fact that it only holds 18 people. So if you've got a family with adult children, you know, leave the grandkids at home grab your kids and their spouses and just go have a blast there and you can really use it as a connection place 
because you've basically got an entire resort to yourself. Yeah, and, and, and you've got a common the, that common area with the pool and that. Uh, and, and it's very, very close to the Murray Village as well. Uh, so they could walk up yeah. and if they needed to go to the supermarket or the grocery store, you know, I mean, you can still pick up all those modern conveniences without having to go back to the capital, even though that's only 20 minutes away. Uh, but you do have the little village right there. That, that's just a beautiful section over there in and around Murray Beach, that area you just mentioned. Yes. But I always remember that one because I thought, what a great place for reunions. Um, if you're into doing and for the business side of things if you're into doing VIP mastermind retreats that would be a great place to do it you know hire out the whole resort um, and for the 18 for the six units I think I went and priced out but the prices have probably changed but it was around five thousand dollars a night to do the whole resort and I thought if you're doing a VIP mastermind retreat that's not a bad price or if you no. want to do a family getaway that is an awesome price when you think 18 adults for five thousand dollars a night, yeah. I mean, you know, you and really can't paradise. beat that pricing. And you're in paradise, yeah. And you're not paying high tourist prices in this area too. All the accommodation prices were very, very reasonable. And even some of the, you know, the luxury ones that we went to see, um, their prices just astounded me. Because I thought, man, if we were in Hawaii, we'd be paying two to three times this for this place. So mm. it was. Um, and one of the examples that I um, did because I actually had to do a presentation when I got back. Um, the following week, and um, people were talking about finding great travel deals and that sort of thing, and that was what my presentation was on. And I said, you know, who likes overwater bungalows? Well, on the Atataki Lagoon Resort, they have overwater bungalows there that go for half the price of the, of the average price in Tahiti or the Society Islands. Because I went back and I priced out what would it be for a week there, took that same week, found the average price for Tahiti and the, and the Society Islands for their overwater bungalows, and it was like the average price was $9,000 for Tahiti or the Society Islands, and in the Cook Islands there it was you know, $4,200 for that same week. And I was like, wow, for those that want that experience but don't want to pay the bud, that, that pricing, that's a great trade-off, and you're getting the similar experience because you're in that um, similar setting as far as the tropics go. Mm. No, it's it's a little gem that I think a lot more people are going to start to discover. And I've just done a lot of travel and adventure shows recently, Helen, and just the interest that people have now coming saying, where is this place? How do I get yeah. there? It's growing, and I think it's going to be, when people go there, they, they speak very highly of it, and I think it's only going to continue to grow. Uh, and I, 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 you and I understand why. Uh, they've got a few <laughs> more tourism dollars. We probably see more of it on the commercial outlets, but unfortunately, being so small... They don't have the dollars that, you know, your Tahiti or your Hawaii have, yep. but I can tell you what, your experience is just as good, if not better. So. Oh, yeah, and it's not that far away. It's a 10-hour flight from L.A., mm -hmm. and it's um, four and a half to five hours from New Zealand. Correct, correct. So, yep. you know, it is not that far away when people think about it. You know, you leave at, at, you know, at 11.59 p.m. on a Sunday, and you arrive at 7 a.m. on a Monday morning. <laughs> And it's perfect. You can fly back out on that Saturday night. You get back in relatively early into LA, and then you can get any connection flight back across continental USA. So you're back home in time for work on Monday if you have to go back the next day, so to speak. So you're only looking yep. at those five days off, per se. Absolutely. I mean, oh, I can't. You know, I can't thank you enough for the invitation to go down there last year. It was, um, it was just, it was just phenomenal. 
No, well, Helen, we, we love taking you down. The reason being is that you, what you do, you do exceptionally well. You know the South Pacific as well as anyone in the industry. So, I mean, we wanted to get you down there and show you this little part of this little gem because I know you know Australia and New Zealand like the back of your hand, but now you know the Cook Islands <laughs> as well. So. And if I ever forget anything out of Australia, I've got a good mate I can call. <laughs> exactly. We, we seem to work well. We're, we're all good. We fall into place. We fall into place. Oh, yes. I mean, John knows just about as much New Zealand as I do, and uh, and um, he knows a little bit more about Australia than I do, but he's a good resource for me. And, yeah. um, and I absolutely love working with John and his team because they help me put together phenomenal packages for, for my clients. Um, and I can't thank you and your team enough for what you do and supporting us as travel agents to be able to help us give our clients an unforgettable experience when they're looking at the at New Zealand, Australia, and the, and, um, the South Pacific, because you really do. Um, I mean, for me, it's super. I mean, I just turn around and go, "Here's the itinerary." They come back with the price and go, "There you go." Um, other times, if it's something I'm not familiar with, I'll go, "Hey, look, I've got a client that wants to do this, this, and this," and they're like, "Absolutely." And their knowledge um, amongst your team members is. Um, is the best I can find in the industry. Um, as far as if I need, if I'm not sure of something, I can go to them and say, hey, last time we did this, we were able to do this. Can we do this? You know, I thought I heard about this. And they're like, no, but you can do this. Or, you know, they've got that knowledge base there. So um, to have you and your team there to help me help people have unforgettable experiences is just phenomenal. So I can't thank you guys enough for being able to do that for us. I know. We, we love working with you, Helen. So yeah, whenever we can help you and your clients, we, we love to. So make sure, yeah, if you're listening to this, make sure you give Helen a call. She loves to help out for the South oh. Pacific. So. Oh, thank you. And right. if you do want to find out more about the Cook Islands, go to have to go Cook Islands. That's H-A-V-E, the number two, gocookislands.com. And you can set up for a free one-hour consultation on your vacation to the Cook Islands and help you find out more about that. So, John, I would like to say thank you so much to, for taking time out of your day to, to come on the show with us. I truly appreciate the amount of time that you've spent with us today and passing on your knowledge and your experience for the Cook Islands. And I know we're going to have you back because we've got other places to talk about too, mate, like Australia and New Zealand. <laughs> Perfect. We'll, we'll set that up moving forward. So we'll be able to share as much knowledge as we know on the Cook Islands for those other destinations, maybe even a little more, I'd say. So we'll be good to go. Oh, yeah, I'm sure we can come up with some good stories about Australia and New Zealand too. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Well, thank you again, John. And for everybody listening, until next time, hekonera.